Hi friends and welcome to another episode of James Talks, uh, that's uh, my podcast, I'm James Prescott and yeah, we've got another episode today. Some of these, some of these episodes are going to be really structured, really well researched, really planned, um, very intentional. Um, some of them will be interviews, uh, as you've already seen. And but some of them, one of the, some of them will be totally unscripted, totally unplanned, just spur of the moment. Some something spoken to me, and I need to share it. And I know I need to get it out, and that's what that's kind of what I'm all about. You know, I'm really passionate about just being honest, being authentic, being real, um, not sugarcoating things. And today is one of those spontaneous ones. Um, I just got back, I'm literally at home, I've just got back from my home group meeting from my church tonight and uh, something's happened and I had a kind of revelation I really wanted to get out and share with you. So that's what this is. I don't know how long it will be, hopefully it won't be, <laughs> it won't be too long. But yeah, so today it's called The First Act of Faith. Um, just before I get into that, just again, if you want to connect with me, uh, find me on Twitter, social media, um, Twitter and Instagram, at jamesprescott77. Um, my Facebook group, um, which you can get by subscribing to my blog, jamesprescott.co.uk. And there's also a James Prescott writer page on Facebook as well. So if you want to connect with me in any way, feel free to do so. I'd love to hear from you. If you've got any questions, any any reflections, any thoughts, whatever, um, from the podcast or anything, let me know. I'd love to hear from you. So, um, yeah, that's all that stuff. Um, so the first act of faith, and I'm just going to tell you a little story, really. The last few weeks, um, and as I record this, it's the beginning of October. That's how far in advance I do these things. I'm well prepared. Um, the beginning of October and I, the last couple of weeks, I've been struggling with severe anxiety. Now, I've probably been overworking myself too much. I've got a busy job, plus I've been working on editing a magazine and I'm working on a couple of books and launching the podcast and all these kind of things. Um, so I've been pretty stressed out. But... Um, I'll be honest, you know, it's, it, I've had a lot of, I mean, I've had a lot of issues with anxiety for a long time. Um, a lot of things happened to me when I was younger, which you probably heard about if you listened to the first episode. Um, you know, and those, and you know, like, um, going through a, a parent, parental breakup and losing a parent and getting bullied, um, psychologically bullied at school, those things damage you. And especially if you're an introvert and you're shy and you're sensitive, like I am. So, those things leave their mark. And, yeah, I've been struggling. I've had some difficult times. I mean, over the years I've had some really tough times with God. Some times where I, I mean, I, I hope, I'm sure I'm not alone in this, but. 
well, I've just prayed to, I've just shouted at God. I, I wanted to know why. I don't understand what's going on. Why is this happening? Why, why, why are all my friends getting all these things that are really great blessings and you seem to be just holding back from giving them to me? And I know that sounds like a sport brat, but I mean, haven't you felt that way? <laughs> you know, haven't you felt like sometimes that God has missed out? God, God has missed you out. God has forgotten you. Uh, I'm sure I'm not the only person that feels this way. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm not feeling that way at the moment, but I have done in the past. And that, you know, you've had things happen to you and prayers haven't been answered and the person hasn't got healed and they didn't come back from the dead and that marriage didn't get sorted out and fixed and the bullying didn't stop and, you know. So... It's given birth to a lot of anxiety in me, a lot of fear, a lot of mistrust. And I've always struggled to trust God completely. And it's been affecting my health. And so I've been like getting help and um, and it is helping for sure. But um, I talked to my home group about it and we prayed about it. And one of my home group leaders read this passage to me. Uh, it's from the message. And it's Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30 in the message version. And I just absolutely love this. Um, Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. That kind of broke my heart when I heard that because I've been writing a book on grace and I've been learning a lot about grace, about how grace is about exposing the truth of who we are, about exposing the good things about us and the bad things about us. Exposing difficult truths, bad habits, addictions, fears, insecurities, areas where we're we're not getting it right and we need to change, and confronting us with those truths so that they, so that we can be transformed. But it also, but the the other truth about grace is that it is is that's also difficult to receive. That actually, I'm beginning to believe is more difficult to receive. Is the good is the good stuff. The good stuff being that you are enough, that you belong, that you are loved, that you are welcome, that you are accepted as you are. With all the, all your insecurities and fears and brokenness and things you're ashamed of and your dark side and your mess, you know, if your life is falling apart, you are still enough as you are you still belong as you are, that you are still infinitely and unconditionally loved as you are. And I realised that tonight that, that for me, believing that and trusting that is one of the most difficult acts of faith that any of us can ever take. And it's certainly for me, it's probably the biggest step of faith that I could take. Because I can believe and, t- and trust completely that God unconditionally and infinitely loves 
all of us. I can believe that Jesus died and rose again. I can believe Jesus is who he said he was. But to believe that all of that stuff happened, applies to me, and that it's real for me, that's probably the biggest act of faith that I could ever take. It's, And I've sensed God telling me tonight, you know, this is, you, this is what you need to, to believe. He said, even if you don't feel, he said to me, this, even if you don't feel this, even if this doesn't even make sense in your mind, trust it. Even if you don't see any evidence for it, trust it. And this is actually the first step of grace. This is where grace begins. Yes, grace does confront the difficult sides then of, of of our lives. Grace confronts the truth of who we are and our insecurities and our fears and our bad habits and our darkness and our messiness and areas that we need to change and areas that we've hidden. Grace does that and I totally and completely believe that and that's something that's not talked about enough with grace. But what we need to do first before that and possibly an even tougher act of faith. The first act of faith. Is to believe that we are enough. That we belong. That we are loved and accepted and welcome at God's table. Not as he'd like us to be. Not as we would like to be. Not as we think we have to be. Not as religion tells us we have to be. Not when we fit a certain set of rules, not when we are doing all the right things and living a certain kind of life, but as we are. That we were already loved, we were already forgiven, we were already accepted. I said in, I said in scripture it says, you, there's no, it says that Christ has Brought all things, reconciled all things to him through the cross. And all things literally means all things. It doesn't mean some things. And it doesn't mean all things when they believe the right things. It doesn't mean all things when they repent. It means all things. Everything. That we're already forgiven. Jesus doesn't ask people to repent before he forgives them. He just says, I forgive you. Your sins are forgiven. He just says it. They haven't repent. People haven't repented. They're just forgiven already. All they have to do is receive the forgiveness that they already have. And I've talked about this before. And I will keep talking about it because I believe it's so, so important. Rob Bell said once, you, if, you can't get, if you don't get anything else, get grace. Understand grace. Because that's the most important thing that we can ever understand. The first act of faith that we all need to take is to believe that whatever we think of ourselves, whatever other people think of us, whatever kind of life we're living, whatever we're ashamed of, whatever we've done that we regret, whatever addictions we have, however we think we're screwed up, however we think we don't belong and we don't matter, 
that God actually says you do. You belong, you matter, you are valuable, you are precious, you are loved infinitely as you are. You already belong. That is so, so important. And I struggle with this so much. This is, this is such a big act of faith for me to, to, to take, to actually trust this. To trust that, that, that God actually cares about me. <laughs> I mean, don't you find it easier to believe that God loves everybody else and has forgiven everybody else and that his grace is for everybody else, but find it harder to believe for you? I think I don't think I think most of us struggle with this. I think it's always harder to believe some, that good things can happen to you, and that something this amazing applies to you than it does for other people. Because we don't have to be other people; we have to live with ourselves. We have to be ourselves. We have to actually live with that truth. And in, in the world we live in, especially with religion, which tells which is so which is always interested in telling us what we're not and what we aren't. And what, we, what we've done wrong. And what God's going to do to us if we don't do the right thing or believe the right thing. Or what's going to happen to us if we don't obey the rules. And wants us to live in fear. Then believing something as scandalous as grace is so, so difficult for us to believe. To actually take the step of faith to believe that we belong. And that we are loved. And that we're forgiven. Even as we are is a massive step of faith for anybody to take. Because all of us, underneath the surface, have insecurities. You might think that there's people that you know, oh, they look, they've got it all together, they're all sorted, their lives are okay, they're, they're in control of their life, they're doing well, they're successful, they're confident. I can tell you for absolute certain that underneath the surface that they have just as many insecurities as you do. They have issues that maybe you don't see. They have fears you don't see. They have Maybe they have habits you don't see. Maybe they have secret addictions. But they are not perfect and they do not have it all together because, you know what? Nobody has it all together. That is one of the biggest myths in the world that some people have it all together and some people don't. Truth is, none of us do. We're all a mess. And that's okay. That's actually okay. There's nothing wrong with that. It's not God who asks us to be perfect. God doesn't expect us to be perfect. It's it's this world that, that seems to expect us to be perfect. It's the systems of the, that we live in in this world that expect us to be perfect and have it all together. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's quite a paradox actually, because we often act like it's God that wants us to be perfect, but actually it's not. God doesn't expect us to be perfect. He knows we're not perfect. He knows that we're all, um, in, you know, we all have insecurities and fears and doubts, and we all have bad habits, and we all make mistakes, and we all make bad decisions, and we all occasionally live in a way which is not the way that God intended us to live. He knows that, but He still loves us. He still accepts us. We're still welcome at His table. We're still welcome to take the bread and the wine. We're still invited into the party. I mean, this is the story of the uh, the prodigal son, or the or the forgiving father, uh, as, as somebody else put it, which I love actually. I love that that um, 
The son that, well, well, who was that party hosted for? It wasn't the son that allegedly met all the rules. It was the son that had screwed up. And we're all that son. We're all, we're all screwed up. We're all messed up. But God wants to throw a party for us. He doesn't want to ignore what we've done. He still loves us anyway. You know, it's in the story of the prodigal son or the forgiving father that the father doesn't wait to hear what his son has to say to apologise or repent. <laughs> he just goes and embraces him and showers him with love and welcomes him back. He, you know, this is what God does with us. He's just wanting us to, he wants to welcome us into his, into his community, into his, into his, uh, into his party, into his celebration. He wants us to welcome us into the life that he has for us, not the life that, that consumerism tells us we have to live. It's consumerism that excludes people from parties. It says you only belong here if you've earned it. If you've got the right amount of money, or if you've got the right job, or you've got the right status. And actually, churches can be like that too. You can only, you're only welcome in our church if you believe the right things, if you believe what we believe. Um, or, or if you're a certain sexuality, or if whatever, or you believe certain things about the role of women. And if you don't, then you're not, then you're not welcome. You know, and some churches are still like that. And it's, and that's not, that's not, that's not a community of, of Jesus, that doesn't represent what Jesus is like at all. Jesus welcomes us as we are, in our mess. And the first act of faith is to believe that we are enough and that we don't have to fit the criteria, we don't have to meet a certain standard, that we don't have to be doing it all right to be loved. You, we, you are loved now, infinitely, unconditionally, and you are welcome right now in God's kingdom as you are right now. Whatever your background, whatever your history, whatever you've done, whatever you think of yourself, whatever your sexuality, whatever your gender, whatever your racial background, you are welcome and accepted as you are. I'm getting quite emotional saying this because I believe it so much. And because people don't hear it enough. And it's and because the Christian church doesn't say this enough. But it's true. And I struggle to believe this myself. You know, I've, I've told you today, I this is one of the things that I struggle with the most. And it's not something you can just suddenly switch on. You, it's not, you can't just say, right, okay, I'm going to trust God that this is all true suddenly and it's all going to suddenly magically happen and you'll suddenly believe you suddenly believe it and you'll suddenly act that like suddenly oh yes god does love me that way yeah god does unconditionally love me and accept me as i am it's a process and this is the thing like in a relationship when you're in a relationship with somebody you don't just suddenly instantaneously know everything about them immediately you meet them and you don't and well, unless you're very, very lucky, you don't, you don't achieve deep intimacy and closeness with somebody in five minutes. It takes time to build it and you work at it and it's not always easy. 
That's what, that's what marriage is like. It's not easy. It's a process. You work it out. Maybe this is what it means to work out your salvation. <laughs> As in, it's a relationship that you work at. And maybe it takes time for you to trust that God loves you in that way. This is what I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to work at this with God to learn how to trust that amazing truth that I am unconditionally loved and accepted and welcomed and belong and am enough for God as I am. Not when I've got it all perfect. Not when I've got it all sorted. Not when my life is going, just when my life is going well. Not when everything's okay. But right now. And with all the insecurities that I have, with all the fears that I have, with all the areas that I struggle to trust God, but God loves me there. And if you've got those issues, God loves you there. And it's okay. It's actually okay to feel that way. And you can be honest about it. And real church is a place where you can go and you can be honest about those things. You can be honest about those insecurities and those fears and those doubts and those questions and what you don't believe and what you do believe and what you struggle with and where you're questioning God and where you don't understand and that and you just work it through together and you don't have to have all the answers or get all the answers. You just work it through together in community. That's what church should be. That sounds to me, that sounds much more like church than a lot of what I hear about is church or is named as church. I mean, doesn't that sound better to you as well? That's the kind of church that I hope for. A kind of church where everyone is included. You know, where the more progressive people with the fresh thinking and who are maybe further along on their journey in terms of understanding and consciousness, but also the people who maybe are stuck a bit further back and have more traditional views and all that kind of that kind of stuff where we can coexist together and we can just say okay you believe that i believe that and that's okay let's break bread together because ultimately that's what it's all about you know we still believe in the same jesus we still believe in who he is and ultimately we both we all believe that it's about him and it all begins and ends with him And let's just allow ourselves to believe different things. Because we're all different. We all have different backgrounds. We all have different circumstances. We all have different experiences and knowledge and perspectives. And that's okay. We build it, we build it up so much. And it's just not worth it. That's not grace. It's about it's merit. It's like you belong if you meet my criteria. And even progressives can do this. If you don't meet our progressive criteria, then you don't belong in our new new thing that we're starting. Well, that's just as exclusive as um, where we've got traditional views and you're not and you're not accepted because you've got progressive views. Inclusive church is where everyone belongs. Everything like Richard Roy wrote a book called Everything Belongs. It's awesome, but everything Richard Roy does is brilliant. So, but. I love that phrase, everything belongs. We all belong to God. You know, 
um, it's such an exciting thing to know. And it's, it's such a relief, isn't it, to know that we don't have to be anything to belong to God, that we already do. And that actually we don't have to have it all together and that life sucks sometimes. It really does suck and we don't know why and God doesn't solve the problem. And we don't know why and we want to know why. It's okay. God doesn't always tell us why. I still don't know why a lot of things have happened to me. I don't understand it, why God let that happen. And... What I do know is that all the bad things that have happened to me, that those times have shaped me in ways that I treasure. The death of my mum was what put me on this path to exploring mystery and uncertainty and unknowing and non-dual thinking and um, the unseen and the unknown of God. And it's made God bigger. It brought me... Losing my mum meant... Led to a process... Which uh, which eventually... Ended up with me... Finding my best friend in the world. Finding the church that I'm now part of... And have been for about 10 years. Which is an amazing church. And actually... Because I went to that church and I got baptised, my dad ended up coming to that church and found his faith again. And all of that happened because my mum died. It would, none of that would have happened if my mum hadn't died. Now, do I want my mum back? Yes. Do I wish she hadn't died? Yes. But God somehow took that awful, awful thing, probably the worst thing that's ever happened to me, and he turned it into something amazing and transforming which has shaped me in so many positive ways. And I've been able to use that experience to help other, to help good friends who've lost loved ones, lost their mothers. And, and maybe only in little ways, but nevertheless, they've had a friend, and not many people, because not many people in their early 30s have lost, lost a parent. They've had a friend who's been able to say, I'm with you. I know. I know what you're going through. I'm whatever you need. I'm here. Me too. And being able to do that has been a privilege, and it's actually brought healing to me. So, and you know, I'm not going to. This is not a quick process. This has been 15 years since my mum died. So it's not a quick process, you know. But it's a process. And it's, you know, what happened to me was the worst thing that could ever have happened to me. But I know that it wasn't in vain. And maybe that doesn't, that, maybe that doesn't answer fully why it happened. But it does mean that it wasn't for nothing. That it hasn't been wasted. That that suffering wasn't pointless that it's been used for something turned into something good but the first thing the first act of faith that we all need to take 
is to stay, is to trust that we are loved, accepted, welcomed, that we belong by God and in his community as we are, with our mess, with our darkness, with our insecurities, with the things we hate about ourselves. And whatever we feel about ourselves, whatever we think about ourselves and whether God should love us or whether God should whether we should belong to God or whether whether God could possibly feel that way about us. Whatever has happened to us that's made us think that God doesn't care. The first big step of faith that maybe we need to take is to choose to believe this good, this, this amazing truth about us. That, that God loves us and accepts us and values us and welcomes us as we are and we don't have to do anything to earn it and maybe we have to get up each day and keep choosing to believe it and maybe some days we won't be able to believe it but we work but just choose to choose to just decide to believe it every day this is what i'm going to try i can't tell you if it works because i'm just about trying it myself but i think that but to me that's the only way that we can do this and to work it through like you do with any relationship, just to keep working it through, wrestling with God, praying, talking to God about it, being honest with him about how you feel, not holding back. It's not like he doesn't know. <laughs> he probably knows more than we do about ourselves. So <laughs> if we've got anything that we've got the feeling against him, it's, we might as well say it. And you know what? It doesn't matter because God will still love you the same at the end of the day. His love doesn't change. Man, I sound like an evangelical Christian now. Crikey. Um, <laughs> um, but his love doesn't change. We, you know, and, you know, and I'm, I don't say this as somebody who's got it all together or, you know, and who has got it all perfect and knows this for certain. I'm struggling with this myself. But I am determined to choose to believe this amazing truth about myself. You know, God, I've been prayed for several times in my, well, lots of times, but... There's a few times that I remember, and one of them was tonight, but um, twice God has told me, you think you're worth nothing, but I tell you, you're worth everything. You know, and the second time he was quite, actually, it wasn't just a gentle thing. It was like, you know, you are, how many times do I have to tell you? You know, and tonight I got another little nudge saying exactly the same thing, you know. And it's like, and it was more gentle this time, but it was still quite firm. But it was, how many times do I have to tell you this? Just, I love you as you are. You don't have to be anything. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to do it. You don't have to believe anything, any kind of the right set of beliefs. You don't have to meet a certain set of criteria. I just love you. And I think that's what he wants to say to all of us. I just love you. Take that first step of faith. Take that risk of believing that amazing good thing about yourself. That's where transformation and healing can really begin. Because that's probably more difficult to believe than the bad things about yourself that God wants to deal with. So that's all for today. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk soon.